0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast. I can say with some certainty, the Baffled boys are back making all the noise. My name's Dan, Mark is also here. Hello. Connor is here too. How are we doing? Yeah, good mate. I've got three facts for you this week, slightly out of order. I've got something about the first meal on the moon, a weird weigh-in and a missing person who you might have forgotten about.
1: Mark, what have you got? Uh, Right, this week for you, a shopping trick not meant to trick you, New York cabs and the White House. Connor, when Mark says the intro to his fact, how does that
0: make you feel? How do the teases make you feel?
2: Do you know what? Progressively over the last few weeks, excited. (laughs) Okay.
0: Thank you very much. I'm I'm doing the reverse. Uh, Connor, what have you got for us?
2: Uh, We're going to talk about the creation of something and how I don't think the creation works properly. Uh, Smelling things and how it can help you. There we go. And expensive desserts.
0: There you go. Nine facts for you in the next 45 minutes or so. Stick around. It's a brand new episode of Baffle. We're all here, we've made it back from our jaunt in Area 51. Connor, how are you feeling about that, about uncovering some secrets?
2: Well, I've kept an eye out for the aliens... That you know looking in the sky just seeing if there's any any about i've seen a few ufo like things in the air but i think they're just seagulls and magpies but i'm not sure when
0: i was growing up a mate of mine would hack a lot of stuff like when we were 13 like he was always hacking stuff and he accidentally hacked into like the u.s yeah. government's mainframe or something accidentally like you don't accidentally hack into no, the know, u.s it...
1: government's mainframe i know but the point is, is he's... oh no that's Oops. oh i'm in the u.s mainframe again no oh, oh that's a mistake
2: mum Mum, I had no idea, you know, I was having my little Wednesday go of Club Penguin. Next thing you know, I'm oh, hacked to the US just military. Just suddenly in the middle yeah, of the oh, US mate.
0: government mainframe. Oh, <laughs> oh, how did I stumble here again? Oh, this isn't HAPA Hotel. No, so he was like 13. So people do stuff when they're 13 like that. And he was, you, you know, got he got told off by the FBI, CIA, and everyone like that. And I wonder if this is what's going to bring us down in a similar way, us are uncovering of Area 51. I, I, don't I know. mean, has
1: anyone else had dark windowed cars following them and men in suits with earpieces following them this week.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had, like, really weird Instagram DMs as well. You know, individual words that make sentences. Strange.
1: Yeah, no, Connor, that's just the... um, We'll we'll, we'll talk about those later, all right? Just don't click on any of the links, yeah?
2: Okay, yeah. Right, uh, first fact of the day goes to Connor. So this really is quite hard for me to wrap my head around, so please help me here. Uh, It took the creator of the Rubik's Cube... One month to solve the cube after he created it, okay? So my biggest thing here is how the bloody hell did he create it then? How did he know it works? I I don't understand. Well, I guess,
1: I mean, it's pretty easy to create, isn't it? You just create a thing and just go, right, I'll put all colours on one side, all them on the other side. And, like, there has to be a route back. If you start from that and you just go, there has to be a route back. So, therefore, you have to know it's going to work. It's just, can you find it? But the question is, why has he invented it? Because he was bored. Yeah, Mr. He he had got fed up of accidentally stumbling into the US government mainframe seven times that week. He was looking for something else to do. Accidentally got in the mainframe and went. You know what? I'm going to make this thing called a Rubik's cube.
2: Uh, have you ever tried yeah, well, one, Connor? I have tried one. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't do them. Obviously, I mean, me of all people, definitely Rubik. Rubik cubes and Connor Knight aren't something that go hand in hand. But the creation of it—that—that's that what you're doing, c- mate. Do you know, it with I, your hands;
1: it becomes do easier. You know
2: what's funny? Do you know what's funny? This is this is going to sound like an insult. And it's not.
0: I'm always I'm always <laughs> amazed at the opinion that you have of yourself, Connor. You're like, it's your like. Oh, me and this thing don't get on. Like, putting yourselves in block capitals, me and the Rubik's Cube do not get on. Connor Knight and admin do not get on. I I enjoy that. I feel like sometimes it's just
1: an excuse, though, that you just go, I don't want to do that. Me and a Rubik's Cube don't get
2: on. We don't go hand in hand, No. But I understand that it's taken him a month to solve it, but I get what you mean as well. You whack the stickers on the side and the colours and there will always be a route back. But surely with these sort of things, you need to have a little bit of testing involved. You know, you need to kind this of was like testing it, took him a it month. can be done. And he went, That's, nah, well, it was already that is subsequently it was hard, hard enough. enough. It was already created at the time. What do you reckon he done for a living? I found this interesting. What do well, you reckon I'm, his actual job was? W- profession? I imagine
0: he was a professor of maths. I, like, because uh, I imagine no. that's why he invented it. No, no, he was an architect. Oh, okay, yeah. oh, that's not too very much of bored elite. one. Apparently, not too much of a leap. Yeah, what do, you he's, what do you reckon his name was, Mister Rubik? Oh, I did know this. This is a really annoying thing that I do know, but I can't remember it. Joseph Rubik. Erno. Erno Rubik. Yeah, Hungarian. Is that right? Is he a Hungarian?
2: Hungarian. Hungarian. How do bean? you know Sierra. so much about Rubik's cubes? Well, I can do a Rubik's cube.
0: It doesn't mean that. No, I just you pick, you pick up these things. You learn well, these well, things. Well, yeah, of course you pick it up. You can't just leave it on the table. Yeah, you have to twist and turn. No, you learn. You learn these things along the way.
2: Quick question for you. It wasn't actually originally called the Rubik's Cube. There you go. What do you reckon it was called? The f***?
0: Why did I invent this? It's so hard.
2: Cube. I, I can't do that.
0: What, what was it called?
2: Yeah, I, I won't, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't enjoy any bit of that, but uh, <laughs> the Magic Cube. Yeah, okay. I knew it
0: was a thing like that. I thought yeah. it was called like the Maths Box or something. Mm.
2: But there we go. So, Erno Rubik, up yourself. Good man, you know, if you're listening. <laughs> What's going on? Isn't he, is, <laughs> <laughs> isn't he dead? Probably yeah, of course
0: f- he's dead, did, yeah, but shout shout out Ernie boy. Right, I've decided I don't want the last facts because the last fact always goes down like a lead balloon. Uh, setting myself up for this one. Mayors in High Wycombe, England, are still weighed before they come into the job and after they come into the job to see if they've fattened up on the taxpayers' money. That is
1: potentially one of the favourite things I've ever heard.
0: Yep. At the beginning of every mayor's term, this has been around since the seven hundred no since the 1600s they use a scale from the 1700s their weight is recorded then kept for a year and then the next year until the mayor has to come back in again the town crier rings a bell and announces how heavy the person is can you imagine that you walk
1: into a room just a town crier just ringing a bell going this bloke is very fat
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, It's like a really, really, really bad version of that weight thing that people go to where you sign up. What's it called? Weight Watchers. Yeah, it's just, this sounds horrific, doesn't it? Well,
0: I'm feeling very good about myself right now. I don't know about you. It was first introduced in 1678. Yeah, and it was used as a real tool to weigh the mayor each year to see that. so the citizens of the town who paid their taxes if the mayor was getting fat off the taxpayer pound. Now, when it was started, the mayor was in fact corrupt. He was a drunken slob. But at the moment, you know, it's three hundred and forty years later, and it's, it's uh, very hard to be like that as a mayor. Although there was that guy in Toronto, wasn't there? Yeah. So that's that's what that's what's going on. Still do it. Still weigh them before and after. Are you talking about the money that he's got in his pockets? No, it's in if he's gorging himself on the taxpayer pound. If he's spending all of their money, all the the salary that they give him on food. Oh, wow. Did do you, but, did you think it was meant... pound
1: coins in the pocket? But what if he's yeah. trying to save the taxpayers' money and he's going to McDonald's rather than down the local health shop, which sells stuff at stupidly expensive prices? M-
2: right. Hold on, stop a minute. McDonald's, the sixteen hundreds. What are they serving then in McDonald's in the sixteen hundreds? But he's still mark? doing it now, Connor. Uh, no, yeah, but well, that's the, the fact. He's still doing it now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I th- isn't this just co- common? I mean, I don't. I, no. I don't want to start getting all political and I start slagging off, you know, people of people of power. But surely there's a little bit of a f- 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 either side of the money that's coming through the the, little, the world that we live in. A little. Yeah, well I mean you in the news all the time, isn't it? So and so's had a pay rise and so and so's had a pay rise, you know.
0: <laughs> Where I grew up, the uh the, the town councillor, he wasn't the mayor, I think he might have been the MP, uh, there was a big, big, big to do that he was effectively taking money and buying second homes and all of that stuff, and they locked him in the local church. <laughs> like the, the the people came out and locked this bloke in the church and kind of barricaded him in because they were so annoyed. Uh, this still happens though. Where Mark's from, his local mayor was a cow. Yeah,
1: because Mark grew up on a farm, apparently. Yep, there we go.
0: High Wycombe is a town very close to my heart, so I was very happy that this was the thing. Uh, yeah, they and they, and the crowd would boo or cheer him depending on whether he lost or gained weight.
2: Isn't it? Imagine that today, by imagine you can't you can't you can't say anything about someone. Imagine going on Instagram and booing someone's weight. Cool. Imagine imagine a video of that on Twitter with cancel culture. But I I do I do kind of half enjoy this as well. You know, this guy's had an absolute mare, You know, and then he's caught out in front of everybody. Bells are ringing. Everyone's laughing at him. Like it's the epitome of, you know, really bottom of the barrel. isn't it like you probably would not feel more embarrassed about something ever in your life kind of a good way of punishing somebody for bad i say uh
0: you mentioned mcdonald's earlier yes i did uh we're gonna find where a mcdonald's relic is in a little bit
3: Mm
1: -hmm. mark what's your first fact of the podcast okay let me ask you a question connor i'm gonna ask this to you because you are our king of getting past supermarket tricks yeah. Why do supermarkets charge something at, let's say, £4.99? It sounds quite
2: obvious. It Why quite do obvious. they charge it at four, £4.99? Yeah. Because it may, it, you're a lot more inclined to pick something up at £2.99, £4.99 than you are at £5. It makes it feel more expensive. That is
1: a reason, yes, but that is not the original reason that that pricing strategy came in place.
0: Uh, well, I would thought it was more of that. I don't know something they they don't want to give away masses of change. No, Mark, so,
2: Mark, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm, you've built this up. This best be good. So the reason that uh, shops
1: will charge something not rounded up to the nearest pound is because it means that the cashier who is doing your um, who is doing your shopping for you has to go into the till, therefore can't just pocket it. Okay, that's very interesting. So if something was charged exactly five quid, it's very easy for them to give you a fiver and them to go, okay, fiver in the pocket. Thank you very much. If it's £4.99, they've got to take that fiver and they've got to go into the till to get your 1p change out. So that is the first reason that this was bought in or at least so is documented.
0: Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, very hard, very hard to do now because you've got to ring it through.
1: Yeah, nowadays it's hard. And obviously now you've got cards, you've got contactless. So it's kind of a little more redundant now. But when the first till system was bought in, because, I mean, if you think about this going back in the day, you'd have paid, you know, when money first came in, there wouldn't have been tills or anything like this. So they bought in this automated system to immediately clock through anything that's done so cashiers can get, um, can no longer kind of just siphon a little bit off on the side. And the easiest way to yeah. do this was make sure they had to go into the till to get change out.
2: Yeah, I enjoy this I that. guess it makes... Yeah, I enjoy that as well. I guess it it makes a lot of sense. Um, There's there's something else. I'm I'm trying to think, well, it's the same when you go and get your haircut. A lot of the time you go to a barber's, they might charge like £14.50 or £13.50 because a lot of the time you might give them 15 quid in cash. And you'll be like, just don't worry about the change. And well, there's stingy. their tip. It's that the same stingy, sort of concept.
0: You're only giving someone 50p tip on a £14.50 on a fourteen, on a £14. 50 haircut.
2: Well, a lot of the time in Essex, you're paying probably £22.50 for a haircut in the local high street, which is a lot of money. So you're paying actually 25 quid, because so they usually keep the £2.50. Yeah,
0: I do that as well. It always makes me feel good.
2: No, I'll keep that, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they, they clearly do that for a reason. But again, why are they why are they doing that for that reason? Just charge me more, and then I don't feel like I need to... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, a little, little bit mind-bending, I think. And that someone sat down and thought about that. I wonder who nicked stuff from them that made them do that.
1: Yeah, it was something which apparently came in from Europe originally. Yeah. So it was uh, the Europeans that had it first, and then it got brought over to the UK. While I, was, while I was doing the research for this, I heard about a town that had a pound shop, and then to undercut the pound shop, a 99p shop opened next to it. And then to undercut the 99p shop, 97p shop opened a couple down but opened with an offer of everything's 95p.
2: <laughs> Here we go, right? Here I'm all over right? that. You've opened, you've opened up a little can now when we was trying to swiftly move on with the podcast. 99p pound shops are complete nonsense. They're, they're daylight robbery, mate. Nothing's even a pound in there. So what you expect? It's all two pounds. My
1: favourite, well, yeah, A, that's a ridiculous thing. But my favourite thing as well is when you go into a pound shop and it has things like, oh, a pack of Maryland cookies, which normally have like 79p pr- printed on the front. But because it's a pound shop and they're like, oh, we're going to sell them for a pound, they get them where it says like one euro on the front, oh. just so that you, in the yeah. hope that you don't
0: notice. But usually, yeah, sometimes you get like double things though. You know, you get your money's worth, you get two bits of shower gel. I love a pound shop. I don't like the people in there. I feel, I feel, <laughs> I feel, dear listener. <laughs> I feel that I'm above them.
1: But, you know, you could take that as you will. God, never go to a 99p or a 97p shop selling a 95p then either.
0: (laughs) Connor, give us your second fact of the show.
2: Okay, I would... I mean, we do this a lot, don't we? We talk about expensive things, and we always make the same mistake of asking the other two how much they think it is. So I'm going to avoid it here, because it might end up ruining the fact. But the world's most expensive dessert from New York's serendipity... £5 billion! (laughs) <laughs> Five billion. Uh, cafe comes in at a whopping $25,000 for a single dessert. That's ridiculous. I feel
0: that your deliver Look, and I'm not one to give you a live listen air check on air. I feel your delivery didn't quite match the fact. You seemed a bit down and depressed that you had to
1: read that out. No, oh, I... I, I, I you just upset it pre- in this world.
2: It, yeah, do you know what it is? though? I think I think it's ridiculous, you know. Uh, but it's called a it's called a frozen with three R's in the name because why not? It's twenty five grand. Add a load of letters in, it makes it sound loads better. Yeah. Uh, frozen hotte chocolate there. That's what it's called. Little apostrophes on the e, which made the you know. What, fr- what, frozen hotte chocolate there?
0: What usually foods like this have just got loads of gold plated stuff in it to make it more expensive. What, what, what's it yeah. got in this?
2: Okay, um, so it is so it was added to the menu of Serendipity 3 Restaurant New York. This is where you'll find in November of 2007. The dessert uses a fine blend of 28... Is it cocoas? Cocoas. Cacao? Co- C-O-C-O-A-S. Cocoas. Cocoas, right. <laughs> uh, including 14 of the world's most expensive... Uh, the Sunday was made in partnership with Luxury Jeweler Euphoria in New York. The dessert is decorated with five grams of edible 23-carat gold, Daniel Wright, and is served in a goblet lined with edible gold also because, you know, gold's there to be eaten. The base of the goblet is an 18-carat gold bracelet with one carat of white diamonds, Kind of a little bit ridiculous because you're not really buying a dessert. You're actually buying the bracelet that's at the bottom of the dessert. That's ridiculous. I put a ring in the middle of it. The dessert is eaten with a gold spoon. Ridiculous again. You know what I mean with a gold spoon? I think it's all a little bit mental. Uh, And itself is decorated with white and chocolate-coloured diamonds. And you can take them home if you fancy it.
1: I would start arguing that this isn't a dessert that costs $25,000. No, exactly. You're
2: actually getting a golden spoon. Yeah, this is a
1: takeaway jewellery piece, which is worth $24,900. And then for $100, you're getting a bit of food chucked in on the I side. Just
0: don't, like, how many well, of these are they ever selling? Point, isn't it? How many are they ever yeah, selling? you know what it's
2: I mean? Well, actually quite a lot. It's, yeah, it's very famous it's, amongst it's, the rich and famous. It's
0: a status, isn't it? It's like, you know, they get bigger, bigger, bigger yachts, bigger yachts, bigger yachts, bigger, 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 yachts, bigger, bigger, bigger yachts. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> Have a sing, why not? It's like, <laughs> he's unbothered by it, isn't he? It's, it's, it's like that, but it's a She's dessert. Straight over <laughs> it's like that, but a dessert.
1: I was at a restaurant the other week, oh, looking through the wine list. Oh, £20,000 for a bottle of wine. Sure.
0: What's the most How amount of money you've ever spent you? on a bottle of wine? Hold
2: on a minute. $20, what are you, what are you invoicing, for a bottle invoicing for baffle, mate? What are you invoicing for <laughs> baffle to be in a restaurant that does £20,000 wines? Where were you?
1: Sometimes you just want to go and eat in a three-star Michelin restaurant, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just want to do that. Sometimes it's paid for you by the people that make this podcast. Sorry you didn't get
0: it. Yeah, well, I'm saying, chumping, listening to him (laughs) banging on about (laughs) bloody
2: posh restaurants in Area 51. You're out there swanning it with the toffs in Mayfair? Basically, yes. I think think this dessert is such a flow rider. That's what, that was the note I made. Such a flow rider. You know the singer, Flow Rider? This is his kind of dessert. Yeah, this is is his kind of dessert. No. He's that kind of guy. I feel like like it's more of a pitbull.
0: Yeah, it's more of a Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide, yeah. who's, who's, mm. a, who's superlative to Flowrider, Mr. Florida, I think. Snoop.
2: Snoop, D-O-double-G. No, there, Snoop Dogg he? is dining out
1: on that Just Eat discount
0: he's got yeah. for life. Come on. It's just too high. It's just too high getting Just Eat, whatever it's called in other languages.
2: I think the concept of it, though, is, is the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around. It's like serving somebody a chocolate brownie and it costs 50 grand, but then you turn around and go, well, there's 50,000 pounds of diamonds in there. Well, the, the brownie isn't really 50 grand. You put diamonds in a brownie. So it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, Can I not just buy that out
1: of a counter where you haven't smothered it in ice cream? Sorry,
2: but quickly. But on the other hand, you look at it and you go, it's been on the menu since 2007. We're now in 2021. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's still served. So there's obviously some success in it. I know we we sometimes ask quite a lot of you
0: listening, you know, take your badge to the edge of the Grand Canyon, jump in, that kind of crap. Uh, I am very curious to know, though, what's the most expensive thing you've ever bought at a restaurant? You know, be be proud, be brag. I'm just very, very curious to know what's the most expensive thing you have ever bought in a restaurant. Send it over to us, info bafflepod.com.
2: I can kick it off for you just to make you feel like, you You know, we're all part of it. haagen Paris, avoid it. Joke. Absolute joke, mate. What, how much is that? Build your own ice cream. Yeah, you're a mug. Yeah? You're a mugs game. Yeah. Go along, build your own ice cream, that gimmicky thing. Six of us. How much do you reckon? Go on. Go uh, what, on, rough, what's the, rough what's the, guesstimate. What's the point did it have 20,000
1: worth... Of diamonds in it. I don't
2: know, 50 bucks. 300 euros. That's 300 hard. euros. Mate, you've, you, you have been ripped off.
0: That. I did a similar thing. That's 50 euros in ice cream.
2: Yeah, and all you're doing is, it's like, what do you want for your base? A bit of cookie dough or a donut, sir?
0: I once did a similar thing with Magnum in Sydney, and we, I think I had to pay about $6 for an ice cream, which at the time made me balk. Yeah, so info at bafflepod.com, please. Let us know the most expensive thing you've ever bought in a restaurant, and you can always send your facts there as well. Right, time for my second fact of the show. Where has Ronald McDonald gone? I mean, it <laughs> is... is it, uh,
1: I'll be honest, it's been my lingering question since 2012.
0: Where has he gone? I don't know. Into retirement. Uh, do you remember a few years ago uh, when there was that the, the spate of kind of clown crimes across America and it kind of... Yes. Do you remember
3: that?
1: Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, I can't remember yeah. how
0: bad things got. I don't want to speculate. It's when the new It came out pretty much, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't really want to speculate just in case things, get, things got really bad, but there were like some pretty horrible things involving mm. clowns around America. Some of it seeped over here into the UK, but we always do something worse. Um, McDonald's retired Ronald McDonald because of that. I mean, you would do, wouldn't you? Yeah, but it's just, I, I, never, I never put two and two together because I don't really go much to McDonald's anymore because I'm... Um, Very clean living now, thank you. Uh, But, yes, remember McDonald's birthday parties? You definitely had one, Con. You, when you were called Dylan, you had a McDonald's birthday party. Up the
2: McDonald's birthday parties, they were the best. You used to get your little cheeseburger, your little fries, your little drink, and then your little squeezy bit of your ketchup and your barbecue sauces. Loved every bit of it. And you always left the gherkin on the side at that age. Love them now.
0: And Ronald McDonald was there.
1: But Ronald McDonald was never the criminal. There was the bandit. He was the criminal. No, right? not the
0: bandit. It was called the Hamburglar. Sorry. That's the point. But yeah, but I mean, I've got a picture of him here. You can't see this at home. But just imagine what Ronald McDonald looked like. You're right in what you say, Connor. I mean, he is creepy. He does he is creepy.
2: I would say that yeah, their their branding on Ronald McDonald was very very retro, yes, but looking back now at 2021 on it, terrifying. Petrifying, like really, just not the sort of thing you want to be looking at when you're trying to indulge in a McFlurry. I've never understood the appeal of clowns in general.
1: They all look yeah. weird and creepy and freak kids out. Well, I
0: think it's, I think it's, that's it's, the idea. It, but it, no, it's not to freak about. It started way back, like with old court jester things, mm. and then whoa, in, whoa, in, whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, stop right there. This is the next Connor Explains. This is what we've got to do, clowns. Le- leave it to me. Okay. I'll explain. Well, you'll have to look up Stop something right there, called...
0: G- this is very fancy. Commedia dell'arte. R- remember that. Look that up. Make that part of your
1: thing. I so think it was an ice cream that I had. It cost me about $300. There,
0: there was a big There was a big cast of these people as well. So there's Ronald, Ronald McDonald. You had the Hamburglar. You had Grimace.
1: Who was Grimace? Also, <laughs> uh, Mayor McCheese. Big fan. Oh. Interesting facts about Mayor McCheese. Uh, he was weighed as he, as he went into there and then was weighed as he went out. But because he was made of cheese, just constantly got fatter.
2: Bit like the mayor. Mark, give us
1: your second fact of the show. New York cabs have a secret way to tell police about crimes in the car. So if you're in a New York City taxi, uh, they have a trouble light located on the back of their cab, which is used to send out a silent distress call in the event of crime so that any police cars coming past can know. So if you're in there getting robbed as a cab driver, you press your distress button, police car coming past. I tell you what. Knows what's going on.
0: I am four words. I ain't having it. I don't think they've all got this. I think some have, and then they're trying to purport this myth that they all have just
2: to scare people off.
1: They do. The New York City, yellow cabs, the famous ones. Got a distress Got distress light at the back.
2: I don't really think this is great. Not your facts, just the the concept of it. I mean, you're in New York. You're in New York, busy, roads, nightmare, cars, gridlocked. I mean, you're in there, you know, you've got somebody with a knife slowly going into the back of your neck to rob you and you rely on a distress light that's on the back of the cab for an officer to see it. Make their way to you, pull you over, save you. Pointless. <laughs> it's not pointless. It's better than nothing. That's the point, isn't yeah. it? You'd be better off winding the window down and going help, like yeah but, yeah, but that
1: isn't subtle, is it? Like as you're being robbed, you can be pressing this button. Mark, Mark. It's kind mark, of like mark, the mark, silent mark, mark. distress button on the bottom of um, tables Hold at on. the bank.
2: Have you been to New York? Right. Yes, Brooklyn. Pretty, like, I mean, there's areas of Brooklyn that you definitely don't want to be walking down on your own late at night. Yeah, Dodgy, dangerous people in New York. I'm telling you now that if one of them was in a cab doing some dodgy, dangerous things and I was a little bit on edge, I would rely a lot more on a window down, help me, help me, than I would a distress light for a potential copper to make their way over and help me. Do you know what I mean? No.
0: I'd probably take them. When I was in Brooklyn, I was wandering around at night, I'd probably have them. Yeah, you, you would you would definitely
2: have, have 'em. Definitely, absolutely. I think this no works. I think this works on a crime that is a little bit more of a long winded crime. Instant crime. <laughs> what? E- crime like they're in there form. and they're just
1: in the middle of a long con and they're like, Oh, you know, let's press the button, just wait for someone to come in yeah, and you know, sort this or, out. Or-
2: I think it's good for like if they're dicking about in the back or they're kind of like, you know, like saying abusing you or, or being racist, something like that works, works, you know, because they're not really going to be too sure it's happening. Instant crime, like, you know, they're around your neck and they've got you and you're like trying to push a distress light and hope that, you the, know, the, the, it's just, I don't don't buy it. You've definitely done a runner, haven't you? You've definitely done a
0: runner late at night. No, never, ever done a runner ever.
1: You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding.
0: You can always get in touch. As I say, it's infobaffledpod.com. Most expensive thing you've bought in a, in a restaurant. I'm just interested. I want to know more about your life. Connor, what's your last fact of this here show?
2: If you want to lose weight, just sniff apples and bananas. How? How? So... Science. We all like a bit of science, I'm the one who hates it most, but we rely on it, don't we, with our facts. Uh, A study conducted by the Smell and Taste Treatment and Research Foundation, please just appreciate that name, please, please, please. Smell and Taste
0: Research Appreciation Foundation.
2: Yeah, yeah. Found that overweight people who smelled green apples and bananas when feeling hungry lost more weight than those who didn't. Yeah, that's because they were close
1: enough for them to eat, whereas the others who weren't smelling them just didn't have any in their house because they had all the all the argandass ice cream
2: apparently smelling neutral sweet smell can actually curb hunger says the study
0: I know what you're thinking Connor I know what everyone's thinking here Mark needs to smell some apples Thanks. and bananas thank you there uh, thank you, you, need, you, need to, you need to, I mean I mean know I mean it's no, lucky so. that
2: it's lucky that I'm in this studio and not there because I mean <laughs> the tension in that room I see Mark's face It's not looking good. So sorry, what is this? So people that smell apples and bananas are more likely to not be fat. Yeah, so the idea is same concept as like desserts. I've known people to do it. I've seen people do it before, but you know, like kind of like, oh, I'm not going to have any, but I'm enjoying the smell. That concept, you know, you're smelling a brownie being cooked in a way it kind of like cures the fact that you're not eating it. That is a thing. People do do it. Uh, Apparently there is a study out there.
0: Surely you need to eat the apples and bananas to be a healthy person.
2: No, so it curbs the hunger and the, the addiction that you might have being overweight to sugary foods. No, so the idea of the it. banana... Not, in th- not having it. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, I'm thinking Mark's right. I'm feeling old bloaty over ears right. Um, <laughs> you do need... To, I think it's because healthy people, people who aren't fat, are more likely to have apples and bananas in their house.
2: Mark, I just, I just want to take this time to apologise because without this fact, you wouldn't have been abused. Yeah, because thanks. of your gone, weight. I'm, I'm... I'd like to also, you know, reassure you that you're not that. But <laughs> that's saying, That that's like such, such a backhanded,
1: wanted... like we wouldn't have abused you about, you know, the issue that we can all see here. Right, I am not.
2: Anyway. Uh... Yeah, but all, all I'm going to say is, is you know, the editors and stuff that are listening, the producers, if everyone gets Mark in Secret Santa, Pink Ladies, just fine.
0: All I'm just saying fine. as well is, look, I don't want to say that Mark's, a bit plumpy but he does get weighed before and after every shift just to make sure that he's not got
1: fat on the company dime how has this and me living (laughs) on a farm ever become a thing
0: well that's that's why that's why you live on a farm instant access to food
1: but yeah that is yeah it's true when i used to live on a farm didn't even wait for the pig to go to slaughter just straight in on it you know instant access
0: right speaking of foods here's my last fact of the show Uh, Mark, you'll love this. Uh, The first meal eaten (laughs) on the moon was bacon.
1: In fairness, big fan of
0: that. The first meal eaten on the moon was bacon squares, peaches probably only sniffed them sugar cookie cubes sugar cookie cubes by the way this is such an american thing a pineapple a grapefruit drink and a coffee they eat history's first meal on the moon after landing at the sea of tranquility this was neil armstrong and and buzz aldrin they ate their first moon so, meal on the moon
2: there that's what it was so it was a lunchbox that was what they made for lunch
0: who's what lunchbox are you having
2: Oh, I don't know, but it just sounds bacon like squares, like peaches, cycle. sugar cube, cu-
0: sugar cookie cubes. <laughs> Sorry, what? there's a lot here. Pineapple grapefruit drink and coffee.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll have like like the an bacon and the coffee. Box. The rest of it can easily leave that on board. I'm not interested.
0: Yeah, in. you know, just cut I, open your I, veins. Astronaut astronaut I'll lunchbox. I'll do they're, some not, swappies.
2: they're not the same. They're not the same as our lunchboxes, astronauts. They're different. Astronaut lunchbox, that is.
0: Yeah, no, I know, but. <laughs> I, th- I think this is, yeah, you're right that they had a, a lunchbox, quote unquote, in that they have this in a box to take to the moon for their lunch. But it's it's because they had scheduled meals and they needed meals at certain points. And it just so happened that one of these schedules uh, hit when they were on the moon. That's pretty cool, though. The first meal ever eaten on the moon was bacon. Mm. I mean, if
1: if you did like a vote in the public, what should be the first meal we ever eat on the moon? Bet your bacon would win anyway.
2: No, mate, not in this not in this modern day. You know, all of these millennials. Hey, I had to, I had to yeah, mention Yeah, but we're it. talking 19,
1: First,
2: 1960s, mate. Yeah, you put that today, they'd to say tofu. Get it up there.
0: No, they have... Well, they don't have a lot of bacon nowadays, actually. They have... Um, a- astronauts have freeze-dried sausage patties that they have to rehydrate with hot water. Oh,
1: sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. just give, Mark, just, Mark. just give them a bag full of apple scent. That'll do it.
0: Mark, give us the last fact... Oh, just put that down. Stop your eating. Swallow, swallow it down. Give us your last fact to the podcast.
1: This is outrageous bullying. I'm so insulted.
2: Go to HR, mate, because the HR is you. So go on. Yeah, Dan, Dan won't be here next week. He thinks that's another
0: uh, another fast food restaurant that's just opened down the road, right? Yeah, what is it?
1: Outrageous. Come on, what is it? <gasps> I'm too insulted to continue.
0: Oh, it? No, no,
1: you can, you can you can cope with eight facts this week. Don't even care.
0: But the thing is, this is the first time I think I've ever teased it quite so hard as nine facts.
2: I think at the start I said nine facts coming up. Mark, based on everything that Dan has delivered to you right now what, um,
0: No, don't say deliver. This, this, the this just each down the road. <laughs>
2: this 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 fact it, it, come on, Mark. Blow it blow us away. Come on. The White House's basement has a bowling alley in it. Oh that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, bring it on. Give me more. Give so a bowling me alley
1: was added by Richard Nixon in 1969, and it's still there to this very day. Uh, there used to be a bowling alley in the West Wing. Before that, President Truman wanted one in 1947, but then they moved it out uh, to make it into uh, an executive room in 1955. But then Nixon went, whoa there. I only became president because I heard there was a bowling alley here. Put one in my basement. So they did. So there is a bowling alley in the basement of the White House. So, this brings me
0: to think of houses that you see on Right Move or Zoopla. You know, when we're trawling through ones that yeah. are thirty million pounds, always, and up. they've got bowling alleys and tennis courts. Who's using them? I think I think people that have tennis
1: courts in their gardens never ever use them once a year, but, uh, max. But and very crucially you can tell people you have a tennis court in your garden. That is the point of a tennis court in a garden, to be able to tell people you have a tennis court in your garden.
0: Yeah, fair, but who,
1: they are never, ever using that no. bowling alley. I'm telling you this. If
0: bloody sleepy Joe Biden has time to bowl on the job... I, as a non-voter in America, I will be furious. In fairness, I'm yeah. fairly
1: certain that President Trump's wife, Melania, probably went down and did bowling, because it's what kids love doing, oh, right?
2: Oh, there we go. Yeah, I mean, if Biden is bowling, do us a favour, mate, and open your borders, because I've got a wedding end of October, so it would do me a favour. <laughs>
1: it's a real problem in America right now, isn't it?
2: Mm. I mean to be no. there.
1: I'm meant to be there right now, Con. Cry me a river. You ain't getting there
0: in October.
2: Mm. Absolutely not, mate. No, I
0: know. No, I know. I know. No. What have we learned this week? We've learned where Ronald McDonald has gone. Also, why shops uh, charge you 99p, not the full pound. And also, we know that if Mark was mayor, we'd all have to boo him. We'd all have to boo him for getting fa- fat, for getting plump-, plump off the taxpayer's dime. Uh, say goodbye, Connor. See you later. <laughs> say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Come on, open the door, run off to the kitchen, and uh, I'm saying goodbye to you. I will see you soon. We've got another Connor Explains Friday, so make sure you follow, and we'll see you then. Bye bye. Hold up.